This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Hello, it's good to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. Suppose someone were to ask you, can you tell me, very simply, well, what a person must do or what a person must learn to become a Christian? How, how would you answer that question? You say, well, I'm not certain. I, that, that, I want you to stay tuned today because we want to talk about three open things or if you wanted to name this lesson in a different way, you could call it how to lead a lost soul to Christ. So I hope that you'll stay tuned today as we talk about these three open things. Now, on getting to know your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I emphasize it is free. You're not going to be, get a bill in the mail for it. We're not going to ask for your credit card. This is free. This program is about learning the Bible. We just want to help you in your study of it. Now, in order that you might know more about the Bible course and how you can receive it, how you can study it for yourself, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Today I want to call your attention to the book of Acts, chapter 8. And I want to start reading in verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. The New Testament church had its beginning on the first Pentecost after Jesus' resurrection from the dead. That, that, that's recorded in the 47 verses of the second chapter of Acts. And from that, on that occasion, there were some 3,000 people that were baptized into Christ. And from that point, the church began to grow quite rapidly. But then there was a persecution that was uh, brought against the church. And the church was scattered abroad. 
And one of those that were scattered was a, an evangelist by the name of Philip. We're told in Acts 8, chapter, verse 5, that he went down to Samaria. And while he was in Samaria, he was preaching Christ. And it was in Samaria that there was a great revival going on. There were many people who heard Philip preach and they believed what Philip preached and they were baptized, both men and women, according to Acts 8 and verse 12. But then his labors were interrupted by an angel of the Lord. In verse 26, an angel of the Lord said, Arise and go toward the south under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is, which is desert. And then he arose and he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasure, had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and, and, and sitting in his chair and read Isaiah the prophet. And this is what the Spirit said unto Philip. Go near, join yourself or your, to this chariot. And he ran uh, there to him and he heard him read the prophet Isaiah and he asked the question, Understandest thou what thou readest? Now the story about Philip and the eunuch in Acts chapter 8, which is a divine record of uh, what a man did to become a child of God, contains three things that are absolutely essential if a person would learn how to become a child of God. Number one, there must be an open book. There must be. When Philip came to the chariot side of this man, he saw that he was reading something. And he was reading from the prophet Isaiah, and the particular chapter that he was reading, as our English versions are divided, would be the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. So he came to this man reading the Bible, reading the Word of God, and he asked him the question, do you understand what you're reading? Be it said to the credit of the eunuch, that he was not ashamed to be seen reading the Bible in public. He was not ashamed of the Word of God. But he had his Bible open, and he was reading the Bible. Now, we live in a land of Bibles. But unfortunately, some of those Bibles are closed in the very place you would expect to find the Bible open. So sometimes the Bible is a closed book in some so-called Christian homes. It is never read. It is never studied. It is never touched until on maybe Sunday morning until they get ready to go to Sunday school or to worship somewhere and they pick it up on their way out the door. But for all practical purposes, that book is a closed book in that home. So sometimes the Bible is a closed book in a pulpit, a pulpit where it is never used to instruct people how to live their lives. It is never used to tell people the wrongs that they may be committing, where it is never used to teach people how they are to become children of God. You see, in a pulpit like that, the Bible, for all practical purposes, all practical reasons, is a closed book. 
The Bible is the most important book in the world. The most important. Because it is God's book. And this is the book that tells us all we need to know about ourselves. It is a book that tells us our origin. It tells us of our purpose in life. And it tells us about our destiny. We need to be studying the Bible. You know, there are really three things you can do with the Bible. One thing is, you can reject it. Now, some people reject the Bible. They, they think this book that I hold in my hand is nothing more than a book of fairy tales. But this book that I hold in my hand hath, is the best-selling book year after year after year. Century after century, it continues to be the number one bestseller every year. That's amazing, isn't it? And another thing, there have been those who have tried to destroy the Bible, but the Bible continues to live. You know, Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. God's word will never, ever, ever be destroyed. The word of the Lord cannot be broken. And so you have to have an open book. You've got to be willing to study the Bible to see what it says. There are three things you can do with it. You can reject it. You can neglect the Bible. Now, some people do that as well. They, they have copies of the Bible, maybe multiple copies of the Bible. Maybe you have a Bible on your iPad, maybe you're on your telephone. But you don't ever read it, you don't ever meditate on it, you don't ever study it, you don't ever uh, see what it says to you. And so for all practical purposes, you've closed the book. But a third thing you can do with the Bible is accept it. We need more nobility like we read about in Acts chapter 17 and verse 11. That these were more noble than those of Thessalonica, in that they searched the Scriptures with all readiness to see whether those things were so. Here were people that were searching the Scriptures to see if they were being taught truth. That's what we need to do, isn't it? Open the book. Now, second thing you need, you need an open mind. An open mind. Now, Philip came to the chariot side of this man and he asked him this question. He saw that he was reading, and so he asked him, Understandest thou what thou readest? Or to, and to put it in plain language, do you think you understand what you're, you're, you're reading there, friend? And the man said, How can I without some help? How, how can I unless somebody uh, gives me some, uh, some instruction? And the place of the scripture which he read was this. And this is from Isaiah 53. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man. Here was a man who had an open book, and now his mind is open. You have to have an open mind in order to understand Bible truth. Someone said that a man's mind is like a parachute. It doesn't function properly unless it's open. Prejudice is one of the greatest enemies of truth. And there's so much prejudice in the world. There's prejudice in the, in the, in the racial world. There's pre prejudice in the political world. 
And yes, there's prejudice in the religious world. Prejudice is an enemy of truth. Because you see, when you are prejudiced, which simply means you have prejudged something, maybe without ever understanding what the facts are that are involved, you've already made up your mind what you're going to believe before you ever read something, you ever study something or hear something, well, then your mind is closed. But the truth is, God never under, ever intended for us to hear the truth with our fingers stuck in our spiritual ears. God never intended us to see the truth with our spiritual eyes closed. You see, we've got to have open ears, an open mind, an open heart to the truth of God. We, we just need to say, Lord, I just want to know, what will you have me to do? Uh, in Matthew chapter 13 and in verse 15, Jesus said, this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with the ears, and should be converted, and I should heal them. You know, if you cannot see the truth if you've got your eyes shut. You cannot hear the truth if you don't have your ears opened. We've got to have an open mind, open heart, to receive the truth of God. Sometimes you can talk to a person about some particular thing. Let's, let's just say uh, the, the inspiration of the Bible. And you try to explain to someone that the Bible is an inspired book, meaning that it's a God-breathed book, that God breathed these words. And, and you read a passage like, say, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And someone will say, well, you know, Billy, I know that's what it says. And I understand what you're saying, but here's the way I see it. Have you ever wondered why you see it the way you see it? Now, it just says what it says. It means what it says. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's a God-inspired book. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But you say, I don't see it that way. See it what way? Well, I just think it's just a, a, a man-manufactured man book. But you see, you've got to close your eyes and stop up your ears to the truth of God because you already have your mind made up what you're going to believe before you hear the facts. Kind of reminds me of the judge who was known as a hanging judge. And so he was in court and he, and he began to pound his gavel very, very vigorously. And he said, order in the court, order in the court. I've got to have order in this court because I've condemned the last five men without hearing a shred of evidence. He already had his mind made up what he was going to do. You see, to be saved, not only have you got to have your Bible open, you've got to have your mind open, an open mind. Now here's the third thing that's absolutely essential. There must be an open mouth. Look at verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. I've often thought that I wish that I could shout so that the whole world could hear Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What the world needs is to hear about Jesus. 
And so this man, Philip is preaching to this man about Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, Here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He commanded the chariot to stand still. And, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip. The eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. You see, the Bible teaches that we preach Jesus to a lost world. You know how preachers are, if you're familiar with preachers at all. You, you may hear them preach uh, at one particular place and you go somewhere else to hear them. And you may hear the same sermon twice. Well, I believe that Philip preached the same thing twice. I'm going back to Acts chapter 8 now when he went down to Samaria and he was preaching. And preaching Jesus, according to verse number 5, preach Christ to them. And then verse 12 says, Then they believe Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And they were baptized, both men and women. So what did they do? They believed and they were baptized. Remember Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So now Simon goes to teach this man from Ethiopia over in beginning in verse number 26, and he preached Jesus to him. And when he preached Jesus to him, and he preached Jesus just like he did in Samaria, and when he did, evidently he preached something about being baptized, because I've read Isaiah 53 many times, and the word baptism is not in that chapter. So evidently in preaching Jesus, he said something about the need to be baptized, because the man asked, Here is water. Why can't I be baptized? I know one thing, it takes water to baptize someone. It takes water. It takes a lots of water because baptism is a burial in water. Colossians 2 and 12 says, Buried with Him in baptism. We're also arisen with Him through the faith and operation of God. And so he, he said, here's why I want to be baptized. And Philip asked him, Well, if you believe with all your heart, you can. And here's the confession the man made. I believe... Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This man did not say that I believe that God for Christ's sake hath pardoned my sins. Had he said that, he would have been acknowledging that God saved him and now I'm going to be baptized later on. But Jesus said, He that believeth, like this man did, and is baptized like the man wanted to be, shall be saved. And in order that he could baptize him, he had to acknowledge his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he did. So they went down into the water. Both Philip and the eunuch. And Philip baptized the man who asked to be baptized. And when they came up out of the water, see, there's another element in baptism. There's a going, coming to the water, going down into the water, a barrel in water, and a coming up out of the water. Then the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. I heard a very famous evangelist one night on television and he was preaching about Philip and the eunuch. And he said he went on his way rejoicing because now 
He was a Christian. I had to agree with what he said. And he was saved. I remember several years ago preaching in a small mining town in the state of Virginia. It was a two-week meeting. And I came in to preach the second week of this two-week meeting. And there were lots of people that were responding to the gospel and being baptized and making acknowledgments of wrong in their life and the like. Well, I began to talk to the preacher about someone we could go see. And he told me about a teenage girl that he thought was on the verge of conversion. And she was almost ready to be baptized into Christ. I said, well, let's go visit her. So he went out to her house, sat down and began to talk to her. And I said, uh, I understand that you're thinking about being baptized. She said, yes, sir. I says, well, why, why don't you just go ahead and do that tonight? She said, I, I probably won't be there tonight. I said, well, why is that? Well, she said, uh, my boyfriend is coming over to the house after he gets off work at the coal mine. I said, well, why don't you leave a note on the door and tell him where you've gone? And, and I think that that he'd probably come over there and be with you at the service. Well, the service started, and, but she was not there. But just about five minutes after we began, they both came in. He came with her. And I preached that night on what a person must do to be saved. She did not respond. So I asked the preacher, I said, let's, let's talk to her just a minute. I think she's so close. And so we went back into one of the children's classrooms and that boy followed in here. Now, when I say he was a coal miner, he was tall, broad-shouldered, muscular, and covered with coal dust from the top of his head to the soles of the boots that he had on. And he walked in that room with her. And he was sitting in a little chair like children sit in, about 17-inch chair. I really almost laughed when I saw him because it was such a funny sight seeing a grown man big as him sitting in that little chair. But then he stood up and I looked up at him because he was so tall. And he had a Bible in his hand, had it wadded up like that. And he was holding it up like that. Now that's a fist to me. But then he said, Preacher, and I just froze. And I thought he was about to hit me with that fist. So I put one foot back and one foot forward to brace myself just in case that's what that meant. And then he said, You've got me scared. And you just don't know the sigh of relief I felt come all over me. I said, well, what is it that's frightened you? He said, I've never heard anyone preach this before. And he said, I've been to this church, and he called the name of it, and this church, and he called the name of it. As a matter of fact, I think he'd been to all of them around the mountain. And he said, I've never heard this before. Well, I said, he said, why, why do you teach it? And they don't. I said, teach what? That you have to be baptized. 
I said, well, the Bible teaches it, and I believe it. And as long as the Bible teaches it, and I believe it, I'm going to preach it. And I said, it's right whether I believe it or not. And I said, I can't speak for any other preacher in the church of Christ except for myself. But I said, I plan to teach the Word of God just like it's written in the Bible, without trying to change it, without trying to add my opinion to it or my slant on it. Well, he said, I can tell you one thing, preacher. I'm not leaving this building until someone has baptized me for the remission of my sins. And here the young girl were both baptized that night. Friends, I believe there are people all over America like that. I think there are people everywhere that are honest, truth seekers, looking for truth. And sometimes we, we try to make the truth so complicated. But it's not complicated. Jesus loved us and He died for us. We're lost without Him. And He wants us to know what to do to be saved. And He's told us. All we have to do, all we have to do is just believe it. Just believe it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Do you believe in Jesus? He says, yes, I believe in Jesus. You willing to repent of your sins? Oh, yes, I'm willing to repent of my sins. I've been thinking about that a long time. If you'd like to be immersed into Christ, you contact us. We'll find some servant of God will do that for you. I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. And may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. I want to invite you to come and be with us. And also right now, pick up the phone and call for the Bible Correspondence Course. Or if you prefer, you can take that course online in the privacy of your home. But whatever you do, please take the course. This, this program is called Getting to Know Your Bible. And we want you to, to get better acquainted with the Bible. And you can study it. If you were to live to be a hundred years old, you'll never learn all there is to know about it. We continue to learn day in and day out. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.